The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. This podcast is presented in front of a live Astadio audience. It's Midwest Swing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. It's the postseason, and Tom is in the Bronx. I am at home taking care of my two-year-old sick daughter. So I suspect that she's going to be a pretty big star of today's show. And so, Tom, first of all, I got to ask you, what kind of place are you staying in in the Bronx? Because you told me you were a little worried at first. No, I was I was making some jokes. It's called the Opera House Hotel. It's, a, it's in a cool part. It's pretty lively and vibrant on the, on the streets here in the Bronx. Unfortunately, I didn't get out too much yesterday just because I, you know, I flew in immediately, you know, I missed all the Yankee stuff, but immediately went to the press conference, broke out the Twitter machine, which our boy Justin Bailey was beyond excited about, probably a little too excited about, but uh, mm-hmm. um, also probably the only person who was excited about that. But, uh, but no, I mean, unfortunately I didn't get out too much just because it was, it was raining and whatnot, but, uh, but yeah, it's cool. It kind of feels like if the, the twins are going to do something this year beyond just kind of this Yankee curse, which everyone is kind of put to get put to bed at least most most reasonable people are you know it feels like the place they kind of got to pass through first in order to you know move on to the to uh you know, the world series if they can get that far one well, thoughts and prayers to justin bailey because brian anderson is calling national games and jonathan scope is in the playoffs so not only did trent grisham outrun a baseball and josh Hader kind of blew up but it's it's a tough time to be Justin Bailey, so hopefully he's getting some uh, fun times in at at concerts and stuff because baseball has not been very good to him. It, not only that, but I'm uh, I was watching. Did you watch both games last night? The uh, uh, you know the the cards, and then I caught most of the LA game. It's obviously East Coast time here, so I went to that. But um, did you catch that Cardinals game? Yeah, I caught most of both of them did have a little bit of uh, Thursday night football on and did have a little bit of stuff to do around the house, but I poked into each of those games pretty frequently and you know, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Playoffs is starting and it's, it's going to be a crazy day today. There's four playoff games. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. I mean, I, and I was just thinking about Bailey from this respect. I was, I was texting my friend who's a, who's a diehard Cardinals fan and you know, he of course was going nuts as that team came unwound and uh or that game came unwound and the, the Cardinals do what they do and not only you know whip up and a huge lead but nearly give it all away uh they're a really really good Atlanta team but I was thinking about Bailey who probably I think might just be done with baseball for now I think he might only watch AL now well he can join the twins bandwagon if he wants to do that I saw that you uh, I saw that you covered the presser for the twins, kind of a wide ranging situation. What all did you take away yeah. from that yesterday as Jose Barrios came to the podium and I saw Rocco Baldelli and I think Taylor Rogers yeah. and Tyler Duffy and a few others. So what else, what all did you take away from that? I think they each were kind of individual situations. I think that the two overarching things, one's obvious, one's not. Uh, the, the first one is obviously they're, they're trying to put the, you know, the Yankee curse to bed at Baldelli's line, which I think that was the tweet I had that, you know, was most popular where he was just kind of put your feet up, have a drink, just chill, chill the, chill the F out. Basically it was kind of his, his line. Um, 
I, you know, I think that's framed inaccurately. I, I don't know how much this team cares about, you know, what happened 2010 or before that kind of 2002, 2010 run, um, 17. I mean, I know Taylor Rogers was asked about his experience there. And he's like, I mean, I, I faced one guy at that point. I think he was kind of a loogie and different role and not the pitcher he is today. You know, Tyler Duffy's like, we come up, you know, and the minors playing these guys and no one knows, you know, who they are in Scranton or whatever. And then, all of a sudden they come here and they become big. And, and to be fair, I think the twins are, were pretty well covered nationally. I saw Ken Rosenthal and a whole bunch of national guys in the, in the twins locker room. So, I mean, it's not as though they're being ignored, but it's a bigger stage in New York, especially being a Yankee and whatnot. And, you know, I think these guys just are trying to kind of keep the perspective in check. And I, I think the way that should be framed is more, it's just hard to play the Yankees. They're always good. It's a tough environment. A um, couple of mistakes from your pitchers, and all of a sudden, you know, you might feel like Atlanta in that game playing the Cardinals, and you're like, "How oh, is this? You know, mm-hmm. seven two or whatever." So, um, I think there was that, and then another interesting perspective, and this is what happens when you come to New York when you have all this national media. Is people said they're, they're the Baba Squad, and this is, you know, Minneapolis, or I should say, more the the Twin Cities in Minnesota isn't known for for a big Latin community, and and that they have, you know, those guys have taken on an identity for themselves. They define the team themselves, and I think it's that's kind of what I wrote about for today was that just remember that, you know, Jose Barrios not only pitched in Yankee stadium in the, you know, in that wildcard game, but he played in Puerto Rico. He was 20 minutes from his home. They had a blackout. They went through this whole hurricane. I mean, you know, and he's like, it's a chaotic environment. People play music during the, the game and whatnot. I mean, not only are these guys kind of battle tested in some regard, um, but more importantly, it's just kind of, these guys aren't a whole bunch of people from Minnesota who watched, you know, unfortunately yeah, a really good twins teams lose to the Yankees in the past. They're, you know, they're kind of defining the team for themselves, the, the Bomba squad. And, and they have a chance to just kind of reframe this entirely of, yeah, that's one of the teams just like Houston or whoever else emerges from the AL, you know, the Rays down the road or whoever it is. Um, that's just one team. They got to, they got to pass, you know, in order to, to win a world series. And when they say they don't care about the Yankee mystique or the curse, so to speak, do you believe them? Because, I mean, honestly, guys like Luis Arise and Eddie Rosario are teenagers or, or even six or seven years old when the Twins lost in 2004. And, the, you know, that's kind of where it started. But there's so few holdovers. I mean, Joe Maurer's gone, and he's kind of the tie that kind of kept it all together as far as the Twins struggling against the Yankees. Now it's basically a whole new cast of characters. And I think too, not a bunch of guys who are going to get intimidated by Yankee stadium. Nelson Cruz has played in back-to-back world series with the Rangers played in a ALCS with the Orioles. Marwin Gonzalez has played at every level in the, in the playoffs and it's won a world series. Honestly, I think I believe them when I say they're not too worried about it. And I think what's most important to not lose sight of is that if the Twins lose this series, it's not necessarily because they're intimidated. It's because there's 200 win teams going in and only one can come out. I think I said that on the last podcast before you hopped on a plane to New York, but sometimes you just have to yeah. stop and realize that every play has a winner and a loser. Every game has a winner and a loser and every series has a winner and a loser. And it doesn't always mean that a team was scared or not prepared. It's just sometimes the other team's better. So with three of five home games in the Bronx, it's very possible the Yankees could take care of business. But the Twins also, you know, the best road team in baseball. Maybe they take one or even two in New York and win in front of our, uh, you know, in front of their fans here at Target Field next week. 
I, I think you have to be open to anything and, and not uh, and understand that even if the Twins lose, it doesn't necessarily mean anything in the grand scheme of how they've fared against them in the last 15 years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's right. I think we'll learn, and I think this is an important thing to learn, is, you know, how does this team act? You know, especially here, here in the Bronx, but in front of the home fans. I mean, I, th- I think it's pretty... You know, I, I think I just think it should be framed more as like it's kind of like the Wolves playing the Lakers, right? Or it's like the Vikings playing the Patriots, or it's you know whatever. If it's back when the Red Wings are good, you know the Wild playing the Red Wings, or whatever. These are the the premier franchises, you know, in in each sport. Um, certainly, New York. I mean, you look around and you're like, oh, this is you know, it's like ten Chicago. So I mean, it, you know, it's 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 mm-hmm. massive yeah. and it's baseball means a lot. And here and and. Uh, they expect to win the world series every year. And so, um, you know, I think it's more just all season long. I mean, I, I kind of think back is it's sort of similar, although it's different when I was in Boston and kind of asking Rocco about this, that the whole team knew that Rocco was returning home and that, you know, the Red Sox were making a big deal that this is a guy who was a Red Sox fan growing up. Rocco said it himself that, you know, Fenway was a very important place to him and, you know, they kept on running the stats and it was only like 62 games, right. That Rocco had played there. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I just asked is, are you guys still kind of even keeled? Is this just like playing the white Sox or just like playing, you know, whatever. And he's like, yeah, I mean, this is, this is the thing is he, um, as much as some of Rocco's stuff is kind of funny, like he just, he talks in such like kind of grandiose terms all the time. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, there's some method to that madness. And, and my, my concern isn't that like all of a sudden, you know, like somewhere in the third inning, Brios goes, Oh man, the twins lost to the, you know, got swept by the Yankees or whatever. They, they've lost like, I think 13 straight postseason games, which is tying an MLB record. I mean, if they, you know, they lose game one. <laughs> They've set a pretty bad record there. I don't, I don't think that like crosses his mind there. I think it's more, does he look up and he's got two men on base and he's goes, Oh man, there's what 55,000 people here. And this, you know, if, if that overwhelms him, and I, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, I, we'll, we'll learn pretty quick. We, we were kind of saying before the show, a lot of this stuff will seem updated pretty quick, but do they, you know, do they fold under pressure there? And then do they fold under pressure on the hometown fans? Cause as much as I think, for example, Joe, Jake Odorizzi, who will play an important role in the series, regardless of where he pitches is right. That he's like, I'm do you know, this guy from Breeze, Illinois, who lives in Tampa. I mean, I'm not a Minnesota guy. I'm just going out there trying to do my job. They all know that there's pressure at home. That's the other thing pe- people have to consider is that it's fine. It's just like, we do apply pressure to the twins, right? People in Minnesota do because it's the twins mean a lot in Minnesota and there's a track record of success absent this playoff, you know, these kind of playoff fiascos. There's, there's a track record of success with this team and a lot of expectations, a lot of history. And, you know, that's the other thing is I'm curious how that dynamic works once it goes back to Minneapolis. So I, I taking it that you believe them when they say they're not too worried about the Yankees history then. No, I, so I believe I don't, I don't think they care about the Yankees curse. I, what I want to see is do they care about the atmosphere and the, you know, yeah, just yeah. think about it, you know, and they've played the Yankees before, obviously it goes five hour game and all this stuff that happened this year, but you know, they, I always thought about it from the other team's perspective. Like when they went and played Minnesota, I'm sure pitchers were like, this is going to suck. Like I'm going to last three innings and, 
you know, Nelson Cruz will go off and then Marwin will go off and then, you know, Sano will go off or whatever. And, and they know that, you know, you make one mistake and it just seems to get out of control. They're facing that now, right? In some ways, I mean, I think they're facing kind of a mirror image. And so I, I'm not, I'm, I'm hundred percent convinced they don't care about the Yankees curse. What I, what I want to see here is how do they handle the atmosphere and the pressure and everything that comes with it, whether it's on the field, the guys who can, you know, one pitch, one mistake and it's out of the park. And then the next guy can hit a homer, next guy can hit a homer, but also, you know, just the, the atmosphere and everything that comes with being in New York. So we're now finished with the first regular season of Rocco Baldelli's managerial career, 101 wins, 60 losses. One of those losses then goes to Ari Adrianza in Kansas city. But how do you <laughs> grade him after this first year? Because I think, this matchup probably has your two favorites for AL manager of the year between Rocco and Aaron Boone. And I think I'd give the slight edge to yeah. Boone just because of how many, how many games their players missed. But if they were to somehow both win it as a co-manager of the year, I think that would be fine as well. I, I just, I'm just curious how you grade Rocco because I think he's done a terrific job, not only managing a bullpen and writing lineups that help the team win every day, but just reshaping the culture around this team with naps and relaxation and, you know, recovery and all that stuff. I think he's done a great job. Yeah. I, I, I like the Boone comparison because he has a similar team. I, I think how, how I would frame that up is Boone had to deal with, you know, the platform and expectations of New York and had to do this with players. He didn't expect to be playing a lot, right. Because of all these injuries mm-hmm. and Rocco had to fight against this notion that, the twins were just kind of stuck for a while, right. That they just weren't good. And, you know, at best are kind of in that mid eighties. Right. And, and we know what at worst looks right. 59 wins wasn't too far away. So, you know, it's, it's different circumstances. What, what I'd give to Rocco is I think he created the right atmosphere. And I think regardless if Rocco's here for the next 15 years or just for the next, you know, five or whatever, um, that should be a lasting legacy that, despite all the pressure that's just on professional sports and on, you know, especially a team in a sports crazy market and just kind of where baseball was in the past that if you put, you know, I I think back to, you know, they played the nationals at night and then I'm trying to remember what that road trip was Cleveland right after they had a really important series against Cleveland. Mm -hmm. He said, just show up late. Don't take ground balls. Like it's stupid for you not to sleep and be, you know, not have your focus because, traditionally teams have taken ground balls, right? Let's not do batting practice when it's like, you know, when, when you need to sleep. I, I think, I think some of that stuff, I think, I think creating that mentality of keep it loose. Like you guys are good. As long as you guys are in the right frame of mind, you will go out and perform. I think also just kind of how much value he placed on Nelson Cruz. I was surprised that I tweeted this out during the press conference, how many people asked about Nelson Cruz. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a veteran. I think he's a pretty well-known player, but especially like comparing to players in New York. I mean, he doesn't have the stature that, you know, some of these guys do. And I, I think it's, I think it's cool that nationally it's recognized that he had, I mean, Miguel Sano gave an answer. It was, you know, it had to be translated and Elvis Martinez, who's the translator <laughs> looked and was like, there's no way I can get through this whole answer and keep it, you know, like tidy. You know, it was like, he just went <laughs> on and on and on about Nelson Cruz and about how important he was to him. And I think there's a lot of players like that. Um, and I think so just respecting the veterans, getting your sleep in, 
good, healthy habits, um, not worrying too much about a loss or two, or I think they had four at one point, right? And it could have been a spirotic yeah, control situation. Yeah, yeah and he kept it cool. Yeah, I mean, it, he ne- it never got to 10 or something like that. And you look back at, like, yeah. the, you know, look at the Puerto Rico series, for example. They were actually doing fine until that. And then they lost, like, seven straight, eight straight, something like that. Maybe it was longer. And that kind of torpedoed the season. So I really like Baldelli. I give it to him, but I'm obviously looking at maybe, like, a homer lead, but I see what he was up against in Minnesota. My guess is it'll go to Boone just because of how much pressure was on the Yankees, how many injuries they had, and all that stuff. Yeah, you talk about crazy losing streaks, and I was just writing about Zach Littell. I'm most of the way finished with that feature, and he, in his second MLB appearance, came in in the 10th inning and walked in the winning run in Milwaukee, and that was just one of those stretches where the Twins couldn't get out of their own way around 4th of July last year. And so definitely was a spot where the thing torpedoed on Paul Molitor, and there was just no way to dig out of that death spiral. So I totally know what you mean there. Now, I know the twins are facing a lefty tonight in James Paxton, but in your opinion or in your estimation, all things being equal, is Luis Arise going to start tonight or if not tonight, tomorrow when they face the, uh, the righty Tanaka? I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't start tonight. And I think actually the reason probably is who knows how healthy he actually is. And, and I think well, scope it's lefty as well too. So, I mean, there is something to be said for that. Arise went a very yeah. long time without his first extra base hit against the lefty, and he's doesn't have a lot of pop against lefties, and I think that's where maybe Scope gets an advantage here. And certainly, he's played a lot in New York, based on the fact that almost all of his career, except for that honeymoon period in Milwaukee, uh, um, was in Baltimore. So that might be a good way to ease in Arise, is you know maybe have him come yeah. in if there's a righty reliever late or something like that. Yeah, so I don't see him starting. I like to see him on the roster. I think um, he's one of those guys too. I, I think he. I think the two guys that will get found nationally are Mitch Garver. People locally know the season he's had, big time breakout. I think he's poised to really do something big in this series, um, and uh, and also he's he's someone who could kind of be a, maybe not the spokesman for a team, but really could articulate kind of what's going on in the locker room, kind of like Odorizzi. And I think Arise is the other one. I, I just think baseball fans in general are going to fall in love with him. You know, this is, this is a stage for him to kind of get discovered and um, you want it to be done right. Meaning if you can't play game one, because he's kind of just getting over the injury. Don't do that. If it's because it's a lot of pressure, it's because it's not a good matchup. Don't do it. I think at some point he will though. And I think he'll, he'll be another guy that, you know, in a different way, Garver probably at the home run arise with, you know, a big hit. Right. I think they could, you know, have a moment here in the, in the, uh, in the playoffs. So the roster came out today, the twins waited until the 11th hour to do it, which, was by all indications what they were going to do, according to Rocco Baldelli earlier this week when we were at Target Field. And some notable exceptions, Martin Perez, Louis Thorpe, Le- Lamont Wade, Williams Astadio. Anybody from that list or anybody else that I missed that surprised you, especially with uh, not making the roster? Wade, maybe because of speed. I mean, I, I guess that's kind of a... Um... At some point, you have to make decisions and rise some of those guys. But um, I don't know. I was I was a little bit um, a little bit surprised. I think the other thing is is Marvin Gonzalez is listed as an infielder here. He he could be 
you know, in the outfield, obviously placed in the outfield. Um, Martin Perez, I guess maybe isn't a surprise. And I think there's a lot of fans who, who were, were like, duh, he's not going to be on the, on the roster. But I, I was just curious if he had kind of a bullpen role. Um, but there's no, there's, there's nothing that kind of really surprised me. I think this is probably not come they want. I said, the would have been fun in the playoffs. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it, but, um, you know, I, I think that they, they, they've got their bullpen guys. They know who, you know, they know that I, I think this is not going to look like baseball. I think it's going to look like some weird game that, you know, takes four hours long and, and, and there's way more scoring than they should be. Right. So you need all the bullpen guys to get, and, um, you know, versatility is helping them all year long. And so having Marlon there, having a rise there is, is great. And, and so as much as I've, I've been a fan of Lamont Wade or I was curious about Fred bullpen or whatever, I, none of this really surprised me. Yeah, I'm curious if Marwin will play first and they'll have Cave in the outfield or if Marwin will play the outfield and Crone will play first base. I guess it's going to come back to how Marwin feels with his oblique and Crone with his thumb. And two, I'm assuming Lamont is probably with the team so that he can join the roster if they have an injury or something flares up. And I was told, too, that a lot of guys are hanging out at Fort Myers, too, Lewis Thorpe and guys like that. So... They're throwing and, and just kind of going through yeah. almost like extended spring training or instructional league just to stay in shape. So they've got guys that can help them out. And the 40-man roster is pretty stacked with big league caliber talent. If you you know, you know look at the guys that didn't make the, the playoff roster, there's still plenty of guys who could help this team if they need to in a pinch. With with like a Thorpe, do you think, my knowledge, the, the Yankees, you know, are, are worse against righties, but against lefties. Do you think against a different matchup, he'd be in there? I, not shocked, but I, especially given he's young and, and all this pressure in New York and all this stuff, pressure of the playoffs. I'm not blown away. I was just, I guess that's another one that I think he's part of the future and I'm a little surprised he wasn't part of it, but kind of makes sense in, in the back of my mind with all these matchups. Yeah. Um, the Yankees only have three left-handed hitters on their postseason roster and it's Gardner, Gregorius and for some reason I'm not remembering the other, but it's it's a it's a matchup thing too where I think the bullpen is going to be used utilized. Rocco's going to do the push button get pitcher kind of thing where he mixes and matches and honestly it's it's going to be fun to see him creative on this this stage. But yeah, I think Thorpe. I'm a little surprised Smelter over Thorpe. But I think two smelts are kind of like Randy Dobnek. Those guys just have brass balls. I mean, to be a little bit crass, they just kind of go at you and they're not afraid of anything and whatever happens, happens. And I think you kind of have to be that way in this age of 98 mile an hour fastballs from pretty much every reliever and even some starters where, you know, smelts are those 90 to 91 Dobnek's more 92 to 93. You've got to challenge guys and Dobnek's got the one seam fastball and Smelter's got the funky delivery. So I don't know. I mean, I, I figured Dobnak for sure. May, he may even start the game on Saturday, but I was a little bit surprised with Smelter, but at the same time, it's not something I think that was a bad decision. I think Smelter's a, a perfectly reasonable choice. And I think too, yeah, depending on matchups, assuming if they possibly advance, you know, you get to face the Astros, you get to face the Astros and then they've got lefties like Josh Reddick and, you know, a few other guys that, you know, maybe things change, but 
for now, I think they did a pretty good job with the roster, and there weren't that many surprises. I agree. So, what are what are your keys to the series? You know, if you're watching like a pregame show, I think Fox Sports North is going to have like an hour long pregame show before tonight's game. Yeah. If you think of like X factors, if you think of like the, the things you see on ESPN, we're kind of stealing from their ideas. But for me, especially yeah. seeing seeing how well Didi Gregorius has hit against this team lately. I feel like if they can neutralize him, that's a huge step in the right direction for them to have a chance to neutralize this offense. And this offense is a lot closer to a hundred percent than they were when we saw them in July, because I don't think they had a full, full compliment. I don't think Aaron judge or Stanton were with the team. Then no. I mean, Gregorius was, was crushing it, but, uh, uh judge, Stanton, judge was, but yeah. Oh yeah. And then uh, Hicks is Hicks is down. So no Aaron Hicks revenge game, but I think yeah. one of the big keys is is going to be neutralizing Didi Gregorius. I, I agree, and, and I think this is just looking at through the other, you know, from the other team's lines. I, I think I think a lot comes down to Brios and Odorizzi. I think you have to be certain when you only have two guys. Pineda would have been the third, obviously, that um, they go out and do their job. The other thing is is kind of that Dobnak, the you know. Um, what he does in a start, a guy who is in Utica, Michigan. I mean, everyone kind of knows that story now, but um, you know what, what he has to offer as someone who's kind of the, a, a great story, but, but not necessarily battle tested out. And on the flip side, Kyle Gibson, what his role is and does he give you length or, or whatever that is, you know, can he kind of be a steadying force in what should be, I mean, you mentioned Gregorius and judge and Stan, you know, all these threats they have, how are they neutralized? The other thing is the outfield. They're going to really miss Rios and how to, you know, how healthy is Kapler? He's got to be, if he's on the roster. Oh, you, but, you mean they'll, you know, they'll miss Buxton? Yeah. I, I just think the twins are going to really miss Buxton. So how does, you know, oh, yeah. Kapler fill in for him with all these injuries that he's had, you know, he said he just needed rest. That's why he wasn't playing. That makes sense. But you know, how healthy is he really? And then Rosario and Cave, you know, kind of have to clamp down. You can't have a Rosario moment where he kind of takes his eye off the ball or whatever it is. And, and Cave, uh, we've seen spectacular Jake Cave, and then there's times, you know, he, he looks a little more pedestrian. So um, that's the only thing for me is just kind of how do they control what they can control, which is catch catchable balls in the outfield, have your best pitchers be at their best, you know, against the Yankees here. Yeah, I'm curious how the layoffs for Marwin Gonzalez and Max Kepler will be handled. And, I mean, granted, the Twins will have not played a game in four or five days, but it's a lot longer than that for both of those guys. Yandy Diaz for the Rays hit a couple homers in the wildcard game and helped the, the Rays move on to face the Astros. And he hadn't played – he played one big league game since late July. So that's not to say that, obviously, Kepler and Gonzalez are going to be 100% right up to speed but it's not impossible for that to be the case either. Now, the other thing I thought was interesting is I think the bullpens are a little closer in, uh, in terms of uh, quality than people maybe realize without Dellen Batances and, you know, they just aren't as quite as deep the Yankees bullpen, whereas the twins, you know, five deep, they're fairly similar. Jay Jaffe had an article on fan graphs and I think the numbers were very, very, very similar when you go, the top five for each bullpen, which are going to be kind of the guys leaned on heavily by, by Boone and Baldelli. I think it's, if it comes down to bullpens, it's not going to be a squash match or a David versus Goliath because the twins bullpen is sneaky. Good. 
Yeah, I think that, you know, Rocco was asked that when we were in Minnesota for the workout and he was quick to say, you know, I got a lot of faith in, in my, in my bullpen as well. Um, again, it'll be funny, like a, a Cody Stashak, for example, great story, kind of a discovery in the minor league system. He's, he's been good. In fact, I think he was good against the Yankees. I think he only faced them in Minnesota, but, um, you know, when he was out there, didn't look overwhelmed, but how does a guy like that handle it? And then, you know, there's the obvious Zach Littell connection to the organization. He's going to be really, really familiar with the guys he's facing. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm with you though. I think it's much improved. I, um, I think in some ways these guys have feel they have something improved. Not again, not because of the Yankee curse, but Taylor Rogers doesn't want to, you know, have people saying, well, he, he was great until kind of the Joe Nathan thing. I, I know that's a little bit unfair, but it, you know, his, um, his, success in the regular season struggles in postseason. You know, I think Rodgers wants to prove he can go out there and be ice cold, you know, in Yankee stadium. I think Duffy's a guy who's been through his struggles and wants everyone to know he kind of hit his stride. And, um, you know, again, like a guy, I think Latell is so interesting that one of the great, you know, kind of discoveries this year, transformations, and he's got to prove it against guys who know him better than anyone else. I want to see how the first time playoff guys and Zach Littell is part of that, how they play in this series. And I obviously profiled that on the site, zonecoverage.com. People should check that out. But even you got Kyle Gibson, who's been in the big leagues. He's coming up on his free agency. And then you've got guys like Bruce Dardaral who have something like 10 innings in the big leagues. There's just so many different guys who have very different um experience levels in the big leagues. And so I'm curious to see how some of these guys kind of create their initial postseason resume and narrative. Will someone like Cody Stashak, excuse me, will someone like Cody Stashak be viewed as someone who hit the ground running, jumped into the deep end of the pool and was able to stay afloat or does the game speed up a little bit too much and get too big for them? So I'm very interested to see how some of these first time guys handle playing around guys like Marvin, like, um, Jason Castro, who's played in the postseason, like Nelson Cruz, uh, it's it's kind of all over the map as far as playoff experience, and so I think that's going to be a, a key storyline to watch as well. For sure, and we'll see. You know, Devin Smeltzer is known for meditation. That kind of grounds him. Yankee Stadium, he actually does it out out in the field, I believe, to kind of be in the setting that he needs to be calm in. It's really interesting. Gratterall, I'm curious how he's used. You know, this is a guy who, again, features the organization. Don't want him to have, you know, a really bad outing, I guess, in, in Yankee Stadium. He'd be able to recover from it, but, you know, probably right. stick with him for a little bit. And curious how you use a guy who throws 100, but he's 20 years old. So I, I think a lot of things to see. We'll know a lot more about if I'm going to do the next show. Um, I don't know if you have any more thoughts, but I, you know, I think we just got to kind of see what happens here. Well, I also want to see how the twins playing on the road, how the twins playing on the road uh, kind of pans out because obviously the great road record. Do you think October is different when it comes to that? Cause honestly, I'm not sure that it applies much from the regular season to the postseason. Um, I think if you look at the overall record, it's probably different just cause it's funny. Max Kepler said the other day, he was like, or, you know, yesterday he was like, I actually like it when it's loud kind of white noise it's kind of you can kind of be focused it drowns mm-hmm. kind of the most crazy fans out i guess he's like yeah i actually don't like pitching when it's quiet because you just get some 
you know, Miami or, you know, Oakland was good this year. So maybe it's different, but place like Oakland or, you know, wherever they really have a top 10 track. Well, Oakland, Oakland is quiet because it's so big. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's not a great stadium, but, um, yeah, I mean, right. so, you know, they're like the, the dumbest person is, is obviously the loudest one. And so uh, there's something to that, that like they were able to drown that out, but that's a very different setting than Yankee stadium. I, I think because they've been good on the road this season, they should be well equipped to be good in the road in the postseason. I think it's different, but um, good road teams probably should, that should translate no matter what. Do you see any evidence of the rally squirrel? I would love to see. I mean, although a squirrel <laughs> from New York might be a rat, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. scary thought. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it'd be it'd be amazing. I I hope they bring the stuffed animal. I hope Snow keeps it well fed. Rosario dances with it or whatever the hell those guys do with the rally squirrel. But um, I yeah, I hope that at least the stuffed animal makes a makes an appearance in Yankee Stadium. So let's wrap with this. What's your prediction for the series? I've got the Twins in. Uh, I'm going to say five. I said four before. I'm going to take the Twins in five. I think they can handle the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. I think it's a team that is on the upswing, and I think it would be really cool to see the Demons finally exercise. I'm with you on all that stuff. I still – this may change drastically by the next time we talk because we'll see them in Yankee Stadium. I still think it'll be Yankees in four. I don't think it'll be the Twins being overwhelmed. I don't think it's a ghost or a curse or whatever the hell else – that could be. I don't think it has anything to do with the past results. I think it has to do with the Yankees being good, being tough to play at Yankee Stadium. Um, just kind of seeing some of the regular season results and, and the fact that for some reason I feel like I know a little bit more about the Yankees and their track record than than obviously the Twins. Given uh, you know, given the they played one postseason game in 2017, and then you have to go back to first year type of field. So. Um, Definitely open-minded to switching that after seeing a couple games, you know, here in the Bronx. But for right now, it seems like, you know, I'd be leaning towards the Yankees right now. Well, that's all we have for now. We'll be back early next week. Assuming there's more than three games, we'll be breaking down the potential games four and five. You know, we'll be in the midst of the games at Target Field. So enjoy your time out there in the Bronx, Tom, and we'll see you when you get back. Yep, see ya. We've been listening to Midwest Swing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. Rock over London. Rock on, Chicago. 